Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TFA fam, what is up? I'm Akash. He's Christian. We're here to bring you week two starts and sits, help you win your week and help you win your leagues for fantasy. Let's dive right into it. We have our Thursday game of New York Giants versus Washington football team. New York has the 30th ranked implied points, Washington at 22nd, so probably going to be a pretty low scoring game. I'm starting Gibson. I'm starting Terry. Gibson had a nice opportunity share. Terry's a stud receiver. I'm starting Saquon, even after a bust last week because he's the kind of guy that you don't bench. And then I'm flexing Kenny Galladay. He didn't have a really high target share last week, but he's a guy that only needs a few chunk plays to give you some usable flex production. Yeah, I agree with you across the board there. Um, Saquon, though, I will say, I mean, coming off the injury, looking as bad as he did last week, as, as rough of a team as this Giants offense is, he's a guy to where, say, say you did start with like a, a robust RB build and you have two other first, second round running backs, you may want to consider a receiver over him in the flex this week if you have that type of build. But most teams are not going to be built that way. So it, it, he's a guy that's very hard to bench because you took him in the first round. Fire him up if, if you're thin at running back. But if for some reason you did a robust RB build and you have the first, second round running back there, two of those guys, go ahead and plug them in and play a receiver in the flex this week. I, I think that's totally fine in a game that has this low of a total and with, uh, with how rough uh, last week was for the Giants. Moving on to New England. At the New York Jets, the New England with the eighth highest implied total, New York Jets with the 24th highest implied total. I'm starting Damian Williams, more of a flex play, really. He had the majority, vast majority of running back carries last week, but he's still not a guy who's seeing a lot of targets, meaning he'll probably need a touchdown to get you some usable production. He could easily bust because there's a really low floor there. But even after that fumble, I'm still expecting him to see the majority of the RB opportunities, at least on the ground. So he's the kind of guy that I'm probably a low RB2 this week. And then Jonu Smith, he had good usage last week. I saw there's some design plays. He had a rush attempt, but he still had a low target share. Pretty iffy start, but he's still tight end wasteland. Probably still a starter on some teams. And then over on the Jets, I'm really only starting Corey, Corey Davis. Other than that, Elijah Moore, some people expect him to make an instant impact. I guess he's not going to do that. Running backs are a mess. Zach Wilson, rookie up against the Patriots, not going to start him. Over on New England side for flex, I'm probably Jacoby. He led the team in targets, but other than that, I really don't feel comfortable with Aguilar, Mack, or Hunter Henry, who didn't have much make of an impact last week. Yeah, I was one of those guys that thought we'd see a quick impact from Elijah Moore. And I mean, obviously, I think he scored less than one point last week, so that clearly didn't happen. Um, he, he would be a guy I think I'd be flexing, but I, I can't 
I can't play him after the dud we saw last week. Corey Davis is the player I feel most confident pressing the start button on in this game. I mean, I feel okay with Janu. You know, with, with the Patriots having that high of an implied total, that they scheme things up for Janu, I feel good about, you know, plugging him in as a back-end tight end one this week. Moving on to uh, Denver at Jacksonville. Denver with the 14th highest implied total, Jacksonville with the 29th. So even against the Jaguars, Denver isn't expected to score a ton. And that kind of lines up with what I'm thinking about them. I'm really not jumping uh, – to start anyone this week. I'm interested in both running backs because it's a good matchup. But last week they split carries pretty much evenly. They split snaps and it's you're really tossing a coin. Could Javante take over? Maybe, but it's really a wait and see thing with him. Teddy, maybe you can stream him. And then Sutton, probably not 100% back from the ACL. He didn't make much of an impact. I'm benching guys like KG Handler, Tim Patrick, because they're guys you got to wait and see at first. Last week, last year, Patrick didn't make much of an impact, even though he got opportunity. Really wait and see with them. Yeah, th- these first three games are just gross. Like, like I have no one in my starts either for this game. There's no one I want to start. Uh, there's several guys I would consider flexing. You know, you mentioned the Dever running backs. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's a guy that I'm streaming. Uh, I've got a league where I know I lost Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, to injury. So, you know, Teddy against Jacksonville this week seems like a good streaming option. Um, in that particular league, I'm waiting on fields as my other quarterback. So t- Teddy's the guy I turn to this week over several other options. The Jaguars receivers, we, we just haven't seen enough yet. I think you're okay putting any of those guys in your flex, but we're not going to really feel good about that situation until the first quarter of the season or so. So on the Broncos wide receiver end, I mean, Cortland Sutton doesn't seem like he's totally healthy to me just yet. And uh, those other two guys, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, those those are guys that could put up a big game every now and then. I would lean towards KJ Hamler um, if you needed a kind of dart throw there because he's got that big playability and could uh, you know put up a big touchdown for you. Yeah, over on the Jacksonville wide receivers, maybe I'd consider having DJ Chark as a start. Because last week he had 12 targets. He had a ton of air yards. So it really only takes a couple of deep plays with him. He's not. He's working deep a lot. And so that's the kind of guy you only need a connection a couple times. We saw it last week with a deep touchdown. Having T-Law throw 60 times to support all three of these Jacksonville wide receivers is not going to happen every week. So you're going to get burned every so often by starting one of these guys. Let's hop over to the Buffalo-Miami game. Uh, so Buffalo has a 25.75 implied total, which is 12th highest in the league this week. Uh, Miami 22.25, 21st in the league this week. I mean, obviously we're firing up Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, probably firing up Miles Gaskin without really thinking about it. The flex is where it gets a little uh, iffy. It seems like we may disagree on Cole Beasley. Akash, I'm going to fire up Cole Beasley in the flex. I mean, <laughs> he's not a popular guy in the community, but man, does he see targets very consistently. Um, we have the return of Will Fuller this week. What does that mean for Jalen Waddell? Uh, for me, it certainly means bumping Mike Gesicki down to a sit. I mean, he, he's just not performing last week wasn't pretty and now it's even more crowded than it was last week so what do you got for this game yeah for Gesicki because it's fresh in my mind we're just talking about it but Gesicki only saw around 35 percent of the snaps last week he's not even coming out a lot he's not getting a lot of targets when he does and I don't not that high on him as a player so it's just a bunch of compounding factors even in a tight end wasteland you could consider benching him this week and then for Waddle Fuller I really liked before the season started and I didn't like Waddle but Waddle played well last week and then Fuller coming back in how does that affect him I think that bumps both of them down to probably flex plays but neither of them I'm jumping to start this week let's hop over to uh, San Fran and Philadelphia so San Fran 26.75 total ninth in the NFL this week Philadelphia 23.25 19th for for San Fran I'm firing up George Kittle and I'm also going to fire up Debo Samuel so Debo's a guy that I've not really been crazy high on I mean obviously he's a skilled guy he's had trouble staying on the field 
I liked Ayuk better, but with what's going on with Ayuk right now, basically didn't play last week with the game Debo put up. This Niners offense is a, is an offense that I feel can really support two of these guys. It's, it's, it's going to be hard to support three guys, but I think that Kittle and Debo can both eat in this offense. So as long as Ayuk is essentially absent from what's going on here, I'm firing up Debo every single week as a start until Ayuk starts chipping into that. On the Philly end, I mean, Jalen Hurts is the, is the Konami code. You're not going to sit him. Uh, Miles Sanders looked tremendous last week. Uh, Devontae Smith in that b- debut looked looked incredible as well. Um, and then Dallas Goddard um, at tight end getting in the end zone. He's a guy I'm a big fan of. I don't think Ertz is too much of a threat to him. So I- I'm comfortable starting most of the Eagles offense there. And then the two guys on San Fran. I know Elijah Mitchell is going to be a, a popular topic this week, but I'll, I'll let you handle that one, Akash. Yeah, I'm probably going to sit a lot of these 49ers RBs. We see the ceiling all the time. We see the ceiling of whichever running back is getting the start. Sometimes it's more obvious than others this week. I don't think it's that obvious. But even though Elijah Mitchell last week, he broke the long touchdown, but he didn't even have a target. And this team doesn't target running backs that much. And so that leaves you with a really low weekly ceiling. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if Trey Sermon or Jermichael Hasty had just as many carries as Mitchell this week. That's just how Shanahan and the Niners roll. Moving over to the uh, LA Rams at Indianapolis. Rams with the 12th highest implied total in Indianapolis with the 23rd highest. I'm starting Stafford, Cup, and Woods. This could be a really big matchup, especially if Xavier Rhodes remains hurt. And then I'd also have Tyler Higby as a possible start. Last week, he had a good target share. Probably flex uh, Daryl Henderson going up against the top D-line in Indianapolis. But he had the majority of the RB ops last week, but I think that's a product of Sony Michelle being relatively new, still learning the playbook. Over on the Colts side, it's really easy for me. Start Jonathan Taylor, obviously. I think Naeem Hines could be a desperate flex play, but I'm not rushing to start at any of these wide receivers. Even Zach Pascal here a big week, which was dependent on a couple of touchdowns. I'm not going to start either of these tight ends and Doyle or Mulally Cox, and I'm not going to start Carson Wentz. Yeah, I agree across the board. I mean, obviously the big three for the Rams are firing up. Uh, Higby had a great game last week in his first game with Stafford. Um, I feel comfortable starting him as a back-end tight end one. And Naheem Hines, I mean, everybody's got to get used to the fact that Naheem Hines is here to stay. I mean, the Colts just locked him up. He, he's got the deal now. I mean, this is what, what James White was to us for, for five years with New England. I mean, Naheem Hines is a guy that you're going to be putting in your flex, and he's never really going to increase in value. He's going to be a bargain every single year, and he's going to put up a, a decent floor in your flex every single week. So then we have um, Las Vegas with 26 highest implied total going up against Pittsburgh with a 10th highest implied total. Starting Waller, probably going to start Jacob just because his workload, even if he's not a guy that can see a lot of passes, even if he's a little banged up, his workload probably gets him to a RB2 conversation every week. Najee Harris, who had 100% of the RB opportunities last week, which is absolutely insane, not even a snap from the guys like Caleb. That's Durant. good, right? That's yeah, good. Insane. Yeah. It's great. And then I was starting Deontay Johnson last week. He had a 30% target share. He's looking to be the target hawk in the, uh, that offense. And then Juju, Claypool, a lot of people expected Claypool to take a leap and to really be in there a lot more. But last week, he only saw around 70% of snaps compared to Juju's 91. And neither of them really made a huge impact. And so they're more flex plays this week. I expect Vegas to, last week, they did really well at pressuring Lamar Jackson. And then you go up against a really bad offensive line. I think you could see a lot of, another bad day from the Steelers offense. Really only have a couple fantasy relevant options. 
Yeah, and with the Steelers wide receivers, I mean, Deontay's obviously emerged, and he's he's the guy that we want to play in, in, in that wide receiver room every week. With the other two, I mean, Clay, Claypool obviously has a higher ceiling than Juju, I think, week to week. I mean, he's he's got the touchdown potential. You know, I, I think people are really excited about what Claypool could be. Juju, though, whether you like him or not, I mean, he's not a, a sexy name in the community nowadays, but, you know, he, he's Deontay Jr., if you will. I mean, he's going to see such a safe uh, target share every single week you, you can rely on him. You know, I mean, I don't think he ever finishes as a wide receiver one again in his career, but he's a guy that we can rely on as a flex play every single week. But maybe go with Claypool over Juju if you're actually making that decision if you need more of a ceiling play. On the Raiders side, I mean, the 20.75 implied total, that's just such a low total. I really think only Darren Waller is going to be able to, to eat on that team. But again, you're, like you said, you're still firing up Jacobs. There's a good chance he pounds it into the end zone, and, and he's going to see the, the majority of the volume there. Yeah, and then going over to the Cincinnati at Chicago with uh, Cincinnati with the 24th implied highest implied total, Chicago with the 17th highest implied total. I'm starting Joe Burrow. I'm starting Joe Mixon. I'm starting Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Probably going to sit Tyler Boyd. I, I was saying this over the he could become the clear odd man out in this and just see pull, uh, just see T and Chase eat every week. And I think that's what we see going forward. Maybe Boyd has a couple splash games, but he's really turning into the uh, Russell Gage here. Yeah, and I heard you and Robbie talking on, on last week's episode of this about the, the Bengals receivers, and I agreed with both of you. Um, I agree with you on, on, on the talent, on Jamar Chase and T Higgins. You want to side with the talent usually. But just like Robbie, I, I thought coming into this year that that slot receiver was going to be Joe Burrow's best friend recovering from the injury. You know, we see from LSU how much Joe Burrow loves peppering his slot receivers. So I was pretty bullish on Boyd coming into this year, especially um, at price. Uh, but a after the first week, I, th I think we need to take notice that it's, it's going to be the Chase and T. Higgins show there in Cincinnati. And then over on the Chicago side, I'm starting Monty, who had a great uh, share of the opportunities there. Looked great, too. You know, like prime time, you can see every snap. And you, you watch it, you looked absolutely amazing. Way like faster, shiftier than as he was a rookie. And then Alan Robinson, who saw good targets last week, even if a lot of them were defended very well by the Rams. I think that he just has a better matchup this week against the Bengals. He's still a guy who's seeing an elite target share every week. And then Komet, I'm interested in him as a possible play, maybe maybe the hold this week. But last week, you really see that sophomore jump. He had 71% of the snaps. Jimmy Graham only had 20. He had a 17% target share, which I'm very encouraged by. So maybe you could possibly start Komet in this one. I wouldn't because I don't think this is – going to be a great game for the Chicago offense, especially with Andy Dalton still in there. But Komet's a guy I'm, I'm interested in. Then. Darnell Mooney, I'm I'm probably going to sit him. He's not a guy that I'm looking to depend on every week, so I'm probably going to have him to sit. Yeah, I'm not ready to start Komet just yet, but but that's an impressive uh, you know target share and snap percentage combo that he has going there. He's definitely a guy we need to put on our radar. But this week, I'm still more comfortable with guys like Higby and, and Johnu over him, but he, he's definitely more on my radar now than he was before last week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Over moving over to Houston at Cleveland, huge disparity in the implied points here. Houston is the 42nd 
highest implied total. So they're dead last. Houston with the second highest implied total. So Houston side, I'm really only looking to start Brandon Cooks. I know they have like the whole offense looked had a good game last week against the Jaguars, but that's still the Jaguars. I think Cooks is the guy you want to start here in this good matchup. And then over on the Cleveland side, the passing game is not what I'm interested in. Even though the Texans have a bad passing defense, I'm really interested to start. I'm looking to start Chubb. I'm looking to start Hunt. This could be a I, this could be a game where they both eat. And then Landry, possible flex play last week. He didn't look amazing. He had five targets with like a eight out of three, which means all of his targets are close to the line of scrimmage. So it's like classic Jarvis Landry game, but without the insane target share that makes him a PPR monster. And then Baker Mayfield. He could have a big game against this bad defense, but he could also have a game where he just hands it off a bunch and then Chubb and him have a big game. So he's really more of a if you start for me possible stream, but I could easily see him bust. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't like much in this game. I mean, the Houston side's disgusting. I mean, Brandon Cooks is the only guy you should roll out for Houston every single week. On the Brown side, I mean, that, that type of total with the running backs they have, I mean, this should be a, a monster game for both Chubb and Hunt. Uh, Landry, to me, is the, you know, the catch-22 this week. You know, is Cleveland going to get out ahead quickly and it going to be just on the ground the whole time or or is Houston going to get an early touchdown and, and the Browns will throw it a little bit more in the first half because with OBJ out this week Jarvis Landry should see double digit targets and you know I, I would feel comfortable rolling out Landry in the flex I, I considered him putting him in the start column but this game could get out of hand early which would mean that the Browns would would keep the ball on the ground so you know got to mm-hmm. see how the the game script goes there with with Landry. Yeah, you'd think that he'd get a lot of targets. But last week, OBJ was out. He only saw five targets, same amount as rookie third-rounder Anthony Schwartz, who I have as a sit this game, even though he looked good. You know, like, I was probably sleeping on him a bit too much over the offseason at his price of literally nothing. But I'm sitting Schwartz, sitting all these tight ends, sitting all the uh, Houston running backs. Huge messes for both teams at those position groups. Moving over to uh, New Orleans at Carolina. New Orleans with the 18th highest implied total. Carolina with the 27th highest implied total. Obviously, you're starting Camara, CMC. I'll start DJ Moore, around 25% target share, which is classic DJ Moore. To have good targets, good yards, good catches, no touchdowns. And then Adam Troutman, possible flex. Last week, he had six targets of the, I think, 23 pass attempts. So even though Juwan Johnson had the two touchdowns, Troutman doubled him in targets, which may be flying under the radar a bit. But I'm more waiting to see with Adam Troutman. I think it could turn into something. Yeah, the, uh, the Saints tight end situation last week is a little deceiving. You know, if you look at the numbers, it looks like Johnson was the absolute man. But as you mentioned, Troutman dominated in the amount of snaps played, the amount of routes run. Um, I'm not a Troutman guy at all, but I'm, I'm taking more now, uh, note now because he actually saw quite a bit of usage this past week. You know, he had about a target per game last year in his rookie year. So, you know, if he's going to see the type of usage that he saw last week, I'll, I'll start taking note of it. I'm not sure Jameis can repeat. Um, especially with an implied total this low, but I mean, he, he's a guy on that of that back end QB one, high end QB two. You know, you'll roll him out if you like him. You know, I, I'm not starting Terrace Marshall or or Robbie Anderson. You know, Robbie Anderson outside of that one big play last week was really not involved at all. And you know, Terrace Marshall's a guy I love, but you're you're really just banking on that touchdown at this point. Moving on to Minnesota at Arizona, Minnesota with the 19th highest implied total, Arizona with the seven, so it could be a bigger game. Both these running backs for the Cardinals are more. Flex play for me, decent floor in Edmonds, who saw 12 carries last week, five targets. So it's giving you a decent weekly floor. It's not the insane ceiling, not not the insane ceiling. But then James Conner is a guy who had a good workload last week and had 16 carries, no targets. But he's a guy that 
could sneak into flex conversation, especially with an implied total this high. He really just takes a couple of dump offs and a touchdown. He's right at 14 points in a game. Probably going to sit Kirk Cousins, KJ Osborne. These tight ends had relatively no impact. And then over on the Carolina side, Rondale and Christian Kirk, going to sit both of them. And then they have no tight ends. Yeah, I think you could consider Kirk Cousins as a start, especially with implied totals this high. I mean, we're, we're, we're comfortable rolling out both the receivers. Uh, Kirk Cousins historically is one of the, the most efficient quarterbacks ever, actually. So he's not as bad as we make him out to be. But with an implied total this high and us feeling as, as good as we do about his his offense, I think we could roll out Kirk Cousins as a, as a potential back-end QB1 if we needed to this week as well. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Another Rise day. up. <laughs> yes, sir. We're both Falcons fans, both in so much pain after last week. Did you know that last week the uh, Falcons had the second lowest neutral pass frequency? So whenever the games weren't a big blowout, Arthur Smith was just continually calling run plays with Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson. Definitely not how you win. I think we see that change this week. Last week, uh, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts both had good target shares. So I'm looking to start them in this game. Last week, we saw the Cowboys pass a lot just because the... Tampa Bay run defense is so good, so I think we can see that again this week. So I'm interested in starting Pitts and Ridley, and then over on the Tampa Bay side, you go up against this horrible defense. I have Evans, Godwin, Brady, and Gronk as starts, and then flex play of Antonio Brown. People were very disappointed in Mike Evans last week and very impressed with Antonio Brown last week, even though Brown had one more target than Evans. And so I think if a couple plays break differently, maybe AB doesn't score that long touchdown, maybe that ball doesn't get tipped for Evans and he scores a long touchdown or breaks off a long run, you could be looking at this wide receiver situation a lot differently. A.B. looks so good, though. That's the thing, though. Jump, jumping off jumping off of the spreadsheet for a second. I mean, A.B. Yeah. just visually looked so good. So yeah. for, for me, I'm firing up pretty much the entire Bucks offense outside of the running backs. Give me Evans, Godwin, and A.B. Um, after what we saw last week, I mean, that, that looked pretty close to prime Gronk out there. So Gronk's got the fountain of youth that uh, that Brady's had for so long out there. So, I mean, I'm rolling out almost the entire Bucks offense. The running back room, I mean, both of these guys made mistakes last week. I think they're both in the doghouse a little bit. But Tampa's going to be winning this game big, so somebody's going to have to run the ball in the second half. And for me, I'm going to let this week be some clarity on that, if that can even happen with this backfield. Um, I just don't feel comfortable putting any of those guys in my lineup just yet. And on the Atlanta side, I mean, Ridley and Pitts is all you can roll out. I mean, yeah. pretty much the whole year. I mean, um, Mike exactly. Davis is a guy that I love coming into the process, but Atlanta's worse than I thought, honestly, Akash. We're not going to be ahead in, in any games no, <laughs> to, to have to have game script that would work for a running back. And this week, I fully expect to see Wayne Gallman active and more involved now that he's been with the team a little bit. So, you know, I, I think Davis's, you know, share of the backfield is just going to get smaller as we go forward. Mm -hmm. And the Falcons are going to be playing from behind all year. So if it's not really your pits, don't fire them up. For the Bucks running back situation, it's interesting because I'm more of a Ronald Jones fan as a player. But then with this high implied total, I think you could see one of them fall into the end zone. And if I had to bet on which one fell into the end zone, I'd probably bet on uh, Lenny. He has, a, uh, he has a higher weekly floor because he's the receiving back there. And so if you're going to bet on one of them, I'd bet on Lenny because he can get five targets, five catches for tw 30 yards. And that gives him eight points just through the air. And then he has some rushing too. Moving on to Tennessee at Seattle. Tennessee with the 16th highest implied total. Seattle with the third. Obviously, you're going to start A.J. Brown, Julio, even after their bad games last week. And then you're going to start Derrick Henry. Start D.K., Lockett, Chris Carson, Russell Wilson, and everyone else. 
pretty iffy or you're pretty much going to sit them. You're going to sit the Tennessee tight ends. I'd sit the Seattle tight ends. Even after Gerald Everett had a touchdown last week, he pretty much had the same target share and same snap share as Will Disley. So I think it's more of a more iffy than people realize just looking at the box scores. Let's go ahead and hop over to the Dallas and Chargers game. So Dallas has the 11th highest total in the uh, in the league this week with 26. The Chargers, the sixth highest at 29. Um, obviously, we're rolling out Dak and Justin Herbert, uh, the wide receiver duo for Dallas, Keenan Allen, uh, Zeke and Eckler. Outside of that, you know, that's when we start looking at it a little bit. For me, the, the Dallas tight ends, I mean, we saw Schultz essentially took Jarwin's job. I want to see that play out a little bit more. Because um, I think they're going to kind of be splitting, you know, the, the production that would go to that position over there. Uh, on the other side with the Chargers, Jared Cook looked great last week. You know, he he saw the targets and the snaps that we needed for him to be productive this year. And then I'm comfortable rolling out Mike Williams in the flex as well with a total this high. Um, I'm going to sit the backup running backs for the Chargers. And again, um, Tony Pollard's not moving the needle for me this week either. So sit sit the tight ends outside of Jared Cook. Sit the backup running backs and you know, roll with the studs in this game. You know, Mike Williams last week, he had just one less target than Keenan Allen. They're using him. I, they want to use him more. Cause, you know, I guess they want to get him more involved. He's a guy that can definitely make some big plays against this uh, poor Dallas defense. Moving on to the Kansas City at Baltimore game. Kansas City with the fourth highest implied total. Baltimore with the 14th highest implied total. Another very top-heavy team in that you start Mahomes, start Hill and Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Alaire who saw around 85% of the running back opportunities last week, even the production is shown in the stat sheet. And then you start Lamar, you start Andrews, and then I'd even consider Hollywood as a possible flex option. And then you're, I'd sit the uh, Ravens running backs because it's just a big committee there. With, uh, even after touchdown Williams' big uh, touchdown, they still played Latavius Murray more at the as the game ended. And then you have bell and then you have freeman activated next week perhaps i think it's just going to be a huge mess and i'm not going to touch this backfield this week yeah, yeah i agree with everything you said there um hollywood's a guy i am comfortable rolling out in the flex as long as bateman's out hollywood looked really good this week i thought um and i thought tyson williams looked really good as well so I, i'm comfortable rolling tyson out in the flex one more time um if if murray just really kills him this week you know i'll adjust from there but he was involved in the passing game more than the running backs usually are for the ravens so i was encouraged there so he's a guy I still feel comfortable rolling out in the flex one more week and, and, and maybe longer, just depending on how, how it cleans up this week. Move on to uh, Detroit at Green Bay. Huge disparity here. Detroit has the 31st highest implied total. Green Bay, even after their bad game last week, has the fifth highest implied total. So I expect a big bounce back from Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. Possibly looking to have Robert Tanya as a iffy start at tight end. You know, you know he's going to be relying on touchdowns, but this is a game where you're expecting the Packers to score a lot. And over on the Lions side, it's really easy. You're going to start Swift. You're going to start Hawk. Pretty much sit everyone else. Even after Jamal Williams, this big game, are you really going to start a backup running back? Not with an 18.75 applied team total. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like, Swift was limited, supposedly, last week. Still came out and had, like, had the majority of the RB ops. It was pretty much a 60-40 split, which is like best case for Jamal Williams' managers. And I think Swift's opportunities only go up over time as he comes back. I think he'll be healthier this week. 
and Jamal Williams sees less of the opportunities. Yeah, and you said Swift's obviously a start, but in week one he wasn't. Some people were benching him because of the Jamal Williams news that came out. So hopefully Swift was obviously a start for you because, you know, as the backup, he still scored 24 fantasy points last week, I believe, which I think is the same that Jamal Williams scored as well. So Detroit showed us that as bad as they are, they can support 50 points a game potentially from their running back. What a shock. I've been picking DeAndre Swift all offseason. Yeah, and I saw some people on Twitter going like, oh, I maybe bench Swift against the 49ers. And then I tweeted, whatever you do, do not bench DeAndre Swift. Your line Don't do it. You. And it got like mm-hmm. 200 likes, one of, my, one of my bigger tweets of the week. So it's really happy to see that maybe I helped some people win their weeks. And then helping people win their weeks going forward. You know, so he starts their videos that are weekly. So go ahead, go down there, hit subscribe. We're here to bring you weekly content, help you dominate your fantasy football leagues. Good luck this week.